Welcome to the Next of the Hub, the TV series hub podcast. Join us to explore the entertainment galaxy in this new feature made with love from fans and for fans. If you like debates, neck talks, and to be well informed about TV and film, this is the podcast for you. From Nerks to Nerks. Welcome to Nerks of the Hub. Our regular hosts couldn't be here with you today. They were last seen going off on a trip with some old school pals to a camp that supposedly was a site of a murder, but, I mean, nobody believes in that stuff ever happening again. I'm sure they'll be fine. So today, I'm your host, Kelsey, and I am joined by the incredible, wonderful actress, Kate davis Speak. Hello. Thanks for having me here, Kelsey. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, our listeners will know... Kate from lots of horror movies and my favorite Horizon web series. I am so excited to chat with you about. You have the Barge people coming out. You have yep. the House of Violent Desire, Winterskin, Chronicles of Alander. We'll get to all <laughs> that. You have a bazillion things. <laughs> I'm amazed. Thank you so Thank much you. for taking the time. Uh, it's a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. I love talking. I mean, I'm as you can probably tell, I'm very passionate about film. So anyone gives me a platform or an opportunity to talk about it, I am there with bells on. I love it. So let's do this. Yeah. Well, and speaking of, I mean, you started the Showreel Share Day, mm-hmm. which I definitely wanted to talk about because I find that it's it's unusual. It's not unusual to see actors supporting other actors, but to to focus so much of your energy on sharing up and coming actors, finding finding them, you know, helping them get their get their show reels out there is really amazing. And what sort of started all that for you? So, thanks so much for bringing that up. Actually, it's really nice, and I just think generally. Um, long story short, I think people are sort of in the industry programmed to thinking that it has to be quite competitive and that we're all kind of like going against each other for all these roles and it can be quite negative and um you know all actors are a little bit insecure about their work and what their prospects are going to be what's going to happen with their career it can be quite scary once you finish college or university and all of a sudden you're out there in the industry and you can feel a bit lonely and also you can feel a little bit like when you put your work out there for others to see you can feel a little bit exposed and a little bit under scrutiny and there's a lot of negativity about all of that so um, I, for one, really used to hate my – I used to hate watching my work back. Uh, even though I put a lot of time and effort into it, it's always a little bit awkward seeing it, and it's very, very awkward sharing it with other people and kind of getting their opinions or what have you. But uh, a couple of years ago, I finally got some content back from some of the projects that I worked on that year that I was actually quite pleased with. And once I sort of put a showreel together, it's one of the first times I looked at it and thought, I'm actually really proud of this and I want to share it with people. But I still feel a little bit awkward about kind of saying, hey, everyone, look at me, you know, give me your time to come view my work, Um, especially on social media. But social media is also a mega platform for actors to get employment and get work and to meet filmmakers. But I wanted to share it. Um, So what I actually did at the time is I put it online. And as soon as I hit tweet or whatever, I just felt really, really awkward about it happening and it was out there. So I invited some of my closer actor friends, still just through Twitter, but I, so I guess it kind of went out publicly, but I just kind of said like, hey, all my actor buddies, you know, I've just shared my show reel. If you guys are interested to also share yours, let's do that. I can't remember how I phrased it, but something along the lines of hashtag show reel share day, get involved. And so some of my friends saw the tweet straight away and they, you know, most actors have got a show reel ready to share anyway on them. So they just kind of joined in and then it just spiraled. And then I'm getting tweets from all these people going, oh, so it's show reel share day, is it? And they all started joining in as well. And then one of my uh, actress friends, Sabrina Dickens, sort of tweeted me sort of halfway through the day. She's like, Kate, you do realize this is trending all over social media. And you're like, so I just didn't expect it to take off like that. But I think what happened is, as you've said, it's just people are not necessarily used to seeing actors working together. And actually people being really kind, they were watching each other's work and they were saying really nice things and they were feed, feeding things back um, in a constructive way. And that then made other people feel that they could be integrated in it as well and brought into it. And um, and so that's and that's how it happened. So the first time was a kind of accidental Twitter trend. And then because it was popular, I was then getting a lot of people uh, adding me on social media, but then also saying, well, when's the next one going to happen then? 
And so it became something that we had to just kind of refine over time to try and get it right, you know, decide uh, which time of the year would be more beneficial for actors to get work out there, um, decide how best to actually get their video playing on Twitter. So we went from, instead of sharing a link, we, you know, found out how to upload directly to Twitter, get the video auto playing, you know, I contacted um, agents and casting directors to double check which day of the week they felt they would have more time to give attention to this work as well. So just a tiny little bit of groundwork and then um, and off it goes, you know. So we do one or two a year and um, you never really know if it's going to be a success or not, but it's it's just kind of fun to spend the day chatting to other actors and seeing what they come up with. So I really enjoy it. And as well as actually hosting and um, putting the old live video on or what have you, I like actually, I have two screens here um, and I have one screen, which I have my social media on and the one above my television, I put people's showreels on all day and I just sit watching them because I love getting the opportunity to see it. And it's just nice to see it out there and, um, and get an idea of the kind of projects that everyone's working on and, and stuff like that. So it's cool. Well, that's very cool. And it sounds like a lot more than just a little groundwork. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I think with anything, when something becomes a passion, it overtakes you anyway. And I think to be honest, like most people, I spend a lot of time on social media, a very unhealthy amount of time on social media. So I may as well be putting it to use by doing something a little bit productive. So, um, yeah, so it's, as I say, I really enjoy it. And, um, I'm pleased to say that I've had, you know, some instances where I've been on a set and either, you know, the director specifically said to me that, that maybe they cast me because of show or share day. But more importantly, I've had other actors come up to me on set and say, do you know what? I got this role in this production because of show or share day. I mean, that to me is worth it. And if only one or two actors get a job out of it. There's literally nothing to lose because it's, you know, it's totally free of charge. Just jump in. Anyone can get involved. There's no stipulation on it having to be a certain type of showreel. It's just an actor's opportunity to go, this is what I do every day, and I just want to share it with everyone. So, yeah, so I love it. And so we're doing another one in October this year. So Yeah, that's so exciting. I mean, it is such a – it's a positive way to look at it. You know, yeah. and it's such a it, – it is. It puts it out there, and it puts it out there for fans too. I think as a fan, it's exciting to sort of see what actors see as their best moments. You mm -hmm. know, whereas we, we of course, watch, you know, a whole TV show or a whole movie and you might go like, oh, this one scene was really fantastic. But to, to have them all pulled out like that. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's interesting. And yeah. you're very positive. And that's one of the, so I will, I will admit, um, I have only just started, started to dip my toe into the horror world. <laughs> <laughs> I can be a little bit of a chicken. <laughs> But I do love, I love your work in Horizon especially, but the positivity that you have on Twitter, you know, with your fans and with other actors and stuff really drew me in. And, oh, and I just, you know, that was uh, one of the things when we decided to start the podcast was like, we want to support people who are positive or good people and you can, and, and that's, you know, we're excited oh, to talk to you anyways. Thank you. But yes, show real share day. Amazing. Good luck in October. Thank you very much. And uh, I'll just, um, just to let your, uh, your listeners know, it's October the 5th and um, we're not biased to it just being in the UK. It can go wherever you want. In fact, the bigger, the better. So please, if you're based in the States or wherever, please do jump on board as well. And um, it'd be great to, great to see a bit of work from across the pond as well. So please do feel free to, to join in. Yeah, well, we'll definitely tag some of our guests as well, see if they can put those out there and, and get that started. So let me ask you about Horizon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have like a million questions, 99% of which I feel like you would just smile and, and shrug <laughs> your shoulders and go, hm, I guess you'll find out. <laughs> it is such a phenomenal web series. Season two comes out on Monday. Uh, which I guess this, this will air on Wednesday, so it will have come out on Monday, mm -hmm. um, the 24th, which is very exciting. It is so well done, so well written. I love that you can be introduced to a character. Like in your scenes with Saunders, when we first meet him, it's you know, four minutes and 12 seconds or something. It's like this really short snippet of the two of you, and we already care about the two of you, care about the relationship, care about him oh. enough to, you know, when he like sort of pumps a shotgun at the end of that episode, you're just like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Oh. You know, it's amazing. <laughs> How did you get involved with that? So it's so nice to hear someone um, talk passionately about a project that I really love being part of. Um, I got involved with it. It's kind of been 
knocking around since around 2013, something like that. I previously worked with um, the directors and writers, uh, Simon and Paul, on... Um, first of all, I'd done a, a project called The Levels, which was a short film here in Bristol, but it was my opportunity to kind of um, work with some really talented Bristol filmmakers. And when you're on set, you know, you're, you're doing your job and you're a little bit anxious and all this. During my lunch break, I like to just really get to know the people that I'm working with as best I can. And I remember sitting down with Paul, the director, and uh, we're just talking loads about the stuff that I love. So, you know, action, sci-fi, horror, thriller, badass females, you know, Lara Croft, all these things that I love. Yeah. So when we wrapped on the levels, we stayed in touch. And um, uh, I think we'd gone out for the wrap party. And Paul kind of took me aside and was like, well, you know what? Uh, me and Sai are thinking of uh, putting together a web series soon. And, uh, you know, we think it'd be right up your street. It's a sci-fi, you know, all these sort of elements that I said that I enjoyed. I don't remember him initially sort of promising me a role, but he was talking a lot to me about the project. And I remember getting really excited thinking about it. And yeah, lo and behold, uh, Sweet Wild Afters, I think they were tweeting little teasers about it being in development. And I was on it like Sonic, like I say, because I'm always just on social media. And as soon as I saw anything to do with it, I was liking it. I just remember getting a message from Paul saying, it's funny you liked our tweet, actually, because um, you're one of the people that we want, you know, to play a part in this production. So that, yeah, I got very excited about that. You know, the, the cast very quickly came together. Um, I don't think I'd worked with any of them before. Maybe maybe one or two of the sort of um, smaller roles in the first series I might have sort of bumped into on, on different projects in Bristol. But otherwise, it was an opportunity to work with people, um, fresh faces, other actors that I didn't know, getting to know each other. So we got together and did um, script read-throughs, you know, table reads. We did a couple of rehearsals, and in particular, the scenes with Sanders, they wanted to take us aside and just get, get our character rapport built up before we got to set um, so that we understood the scene. Because, as you said, like, you know, it's, there are only short episodes that you don't have a lot of time to bring that about. So it's very, very important to create that between you before you get there. And in fact, when you're on set, you're very, very limited for actual production time anyway. You know, sometimes you only get a location for half a day or whatever, so you have to get it done. Um, so it's very essential that when you get there, you are just ready to go. And uh, so we did it. Yeah, did all our rehearsals, shot it. And um, we were very excited by all the material that came after it. You know, so when they first teased the first trailers, because we didn't really know how ambitious the guys were going to be about the project. We just knew it sounded fun. But when they kind of showed, you know, the, the plane crashes and iconic Bristol uh, landmarks getting blown up um, and we saw how it was going to look, you know, within reason, because it's low budget, but to see what they were able to do on that budget, we got really excited. And when it came out, we kind of kept that enthusiasm going. And it was interesting to watch something back and actually get a social media response. You know, people I didn't know from all over caring about our characters, you know, talking about our characters as if they were someone else. And I thought, I can't believe that something that I've made is like touch someone from across the world enough for them to care about the story, the character, what's going to happen next. And now that I've seen season two, I went to the premiere on Monday. I really can't wait for you guys to see it. I'm so excited by it. Um, and I think that you'll find, or I hope you will, that what we've been able to do in terms of really building those characters now, um, it's far more about the individual characters and the relationships and the drama. Um, yeah, I, I, I was really blown away by it when I saw season two. So I hope you guys enjoy it as much as we did at the screening. So. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, to hear you say that, considering that we were already invested in the characters with these short snippets, and of course you have to interact you know, with the, the ship coming in and the canisters dropping and all these, which I, I was, I mean, it was really good special effects, especially for a web series. A lot of times you don't get very many special effects because they, you know, it, like you said, it is a limited budget. But now that they're all sort of in this farmhouse out of the city, I'm interested to see, you know, yeah. the, the interplay. Um, it's, it's very intriguing. There's a lot of, like I said, a lot of questions why the aliens are there. I mean, are I'm assuming they're aliens, uh, you know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm able, uh, allowed to say that there is going to be some alien activity in season two. Um, we had, uh, the guys had um, 
I think they put a, a poll out on social media or they put they put questions online. And what they wanted was to know with season two, because it was, you know, we 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 asked our audience a lot to help us make season two. You know, the, the guys ran crowdfunders. We had, um, you know, there, there was things that we were giving away as a kind of supplement for that. But really, it's about our audience making the show happen. So what they wanted to do was ask the audience, you know, what is it you really want to know from season one? But this is before they went down to scripting it because they wanted to make sure that you came away and all of those things that you're probably wondering about season one, really hoping you'll get from season two, like everything that everyone wanted to find out, you know, what was in the box, uh, what's the green gas all about, yeah, what's going to happen on the farmhouse, what's going to happen next with certain characters. Um, I don't know if you saw the post-credit teaser with the guy landing on the bridge. It wasn't no. in the fe- yes, okay. So there were it, that w- it wasn't in the feature cut version. I think they did, but at the very end of episode ten, if you watch past the credits, the guy lands on the bridge, and well, you you know you might get a chance to brush on it beforehand, but uh, he's kind of pivotal to season two as well. But I'm pretty sure when the guys release it publicly on Monday, they will do a little catch up like of essential bits that you need to make season one. But um, I'm very, yeah, as I say, I'm very proud to say that they, they really cared that you guys got the answers that you're looking for from anything that you are interested in, in particular from season one. Well, that's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of questions. (laughs) I feel like they're going to need like 10, 30 minute episodes to answer them all. We find out about the neck thing, like Dan's like neck thing. You will find out. Yeah, yeah about that. Okay, because that one was like driving me crazy. Of course, the box <laughs> in the warehouse with it, but you already said we do get answers on that. Wake him up. For what he is. Hmm? Oh, so much to know. Um, but I do. I, I loved, unlike so many sort of post-apocalyptic or as it's happening shows, it focused on these little snippets of realism. You know, the decision to evacuate the. Uh, running into your, you know, who, what family do you want to take with you? You know, all these little, really human moments. And, uh, yeah. and I thought that was really beautiful. And I am excited to, to see season two. Or is it going to be the same sort of time length that we're looking at? Is there any sort of change in format? It's going to be slightly longer. The episodes are a couple of minutes longer each time. So when we watched the, um, the whole thing at uh, the premiere, it went on for a, a, good, a good while. It was like watching a feature film, which was really cool. Um, so, you know, they're not, they're not hugely long because they specifically want the show to be these tiny little bite-sized snippets because we think that that's how we're going to keep our audience interested. You know, you give them a little, a little hit to watch, uh, in the evening when it's released. They can think about it for the day. They can talk about it with their friends if they want to. And then the next day on comes the next one. But I have to say, you really put a smile on my face then when you said that uh, about the, the concept of the show being more about family and friends and all that and the drama because actually, although there's all this fun stuff going on, um, it's really important for me as an actor to know that I am still playing a drama production. You know, it is about like, it is about the relationships. It's about the connection between the characters and it's about the humanity and the fact that, you know, in a a ridiculous circumstance, there's still very believable content in there. There's that, you know, what would people do? Would they loot shops? Would they turn on each other? Would they think actually our time on earth is limited. We need to find our nearest and dearest and repair any issues that we had on there on a personal level. So, um, yeah, thank you for kind of mentioning that because, um, I think sometimes if you're not a specific fan of sci-fi, um, you know, you see a spaceship and you think, Oh, that's not for me. But really, if you're just a fan of like, um, anything that involves bringing communities together and stuff, you know, even something like the walking dead or whatever, it's really all about relationships and family and friends. You're just putting them in an extreme circumstance. So it's really nice that that is actually being like seen, you know, people are feeling that. And I really appreciated you saying that. And yeah, you know, back on the original point, the episodes will definitely be a bit longer. So you get a little bit more out of it and a more, a more compact story. I think that everything's more fulfilled. Yeah. So well, that's very exciting. We can't not wait. <laughs> so, because you're crazy busy, you have two things coming out in the same week. So, we get Rise on Monday and the Barge People uh, premiering on Friday. Yeah. I am excited. Barge People looks like my kind of horror because it's okay. at least um, – not not that the other stuff you haven't done is not. That sounds terrible. Um, but it <laughs> looks more like a, like a tense – you know, sort of thriller. It's my kind of horror too. Okay. Trust me, I totally okay. get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, less like saw. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, it looks really interesting. Can you tell us 
I mean, I obviously don't want to do any spoilers, but can you tell us a little more about your character and the movie? And Yeah. Okay, so it's what I like about it is it's, it's definitely going to have a retro feel. It's, it's specifically been edited to look more like an old VHS that you might dig out from like a, a video store in the 80s. And that goes all the way through to the, the way it's graded and the soundtrack. There's a lot of John Carpenter influence in the score. Um, because, you know, I've got such a strong relationship with these filmmakers. We talk about things all the time and it's a very collaborative effort when we put stuff together. We all have these same kind of um, influences and I think it just runs through the whole look and feel of the film. It is set in this day and age. It will just have a look of something out of the 70s. We, uh, it's, it's not a split genre film like um, Dust Till Dawn. It doesn't start out as one thing and turn into something else. However, your concept of what the barge people are would change. So actually, the barge people are not necessarily the creatures. There are more than one villain to the character uh, to the story Ooh, okay. and it will begin with um there's a bunch of us so it's me my sister boyfriend and her boyfriend and you establish very quickly they're on a getaway for maybe a long weekend um and some very kind of uh, bleak canals um believe it or not this is the kind of holiday that people in england relish we love this weird stuff okay <laughs> we like being put in these very creepy weird places um, and enjoying a restful weekend. Um, so that's the kind of thing. And so there's, al- there's already this kind of um, creepy vibe because there's not, ma- not many people around. They literally just want each other's company. They want to go out for a couple of drinks, get back on their boat, and off they go. But really, it's about, at this point, characters. You establish there's been a bit of trouble in the family. These sisters want to repair it. You know, they're introducing each other to their other halves. There's been about a year where they've not seen each other. And so, again, it will start off a bit more drama, um, getting to know the characters. Because I think with horror, you've got to care about the characters. You can't just start killing people off and expect people to to give a damn, really. So we want to to make them as interesting or likable as possible. And then, of course, as you've undoubtedly seen via the trailer, the creatures happen. <laughs> and... Uh, Again, with it being that kind of retro um, style film, so Charlie, my director, calls it new re- new retro film production. So it's new content, but retro in style. Um, but that runs through as well to using old school prosthetics. You know, it's all ha- it's all um, all the creatures are, uh, are prosthetics. Uh, there's no CGI, anything like that. It's all just what we could make on the job. You know, blood and gore, that kind of thing. Um, but we hope that uh, that you find it an exciting thrill ride, really. And in terms of my character, Kat, she's, I found her interesting to play because I'm good friends with the writer, Christopher Lombard, and he actually wrote the character for me. So obviously I'm called Kate, so she's called Kat. It's not that, it's not that (laughs) different. Um, And so we want, wanted Kat to be as real as possible. She's not an action girl. She's not overly, I don't know, she's not, she's not an extreme of anything. I tried to make her as close to myself as I could. She's just me in this very, very horrible situation. How would I react? So hopefully that will take me on a bit of an arc where, um, yeah, so, you know, how will she react under pressure? Will she step up? Will she help people? Will she be in danger? There's all these different kind of things. But, um, again, like it's very, very important for me as an actor to bring realism into the characters as well. And I think that this role in particular will be the one that, hopefully I've achieved that with but I haven't seen any of it yet so I cannot wait for screening so I'm really excited <laughs> oh okay so they're like waiting to last minute you get to see it when everybody else does huh? yeah yeah I mean when I spoke to the director Charlie the other year when we were working on Escape from Cannibal Farm um, I'd asked him previously you know could I maybe watch the film before the screening and everything and he just said look to be honest I could send you the link now and you can sort of have a look so that you're prepared for what you're going to see he said but you really need to experience how it feels to have those nerves again it's a bit like when you're working in theater actually seeing your audience whilst you're working and when you go to a screening you're sitting with the people that have paid money to come and watch it and so you really you you get it firsthand you know I get to look at people's faces and see if they're enjoying it and I get to be excited by it or maybe I'll scrutinize it as well but there's just something very it's kind of a one-off thing you know you've got to you've got to take advantage of that opportunity to have that, those nerves and that excitement because 
much like when I was at the horizon screening the other day, I was nervous all day. I was pacing around the room. It was ridiculous. Uh, but those nerves were all part of the excitement of the day. And when you actually sit back and you watch it and it is a success and people really enjoy it, like you're part of that whole experience and it's, it's really quite magical. So yeah. So I, out of choice, I'd rather not see something until I see it on the big screen, no matter what it ends up like really. Cause it's, it's all part of the ride. Oh, well, that's super exciting to think about. But so when you're, when you've gone to screens before of your, of your other, especially uh, particular like horror or thriller movies, do you get the same sort of like, <gasps> like jump moments as the audience? So you're, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do. I mean, we don't, um, it's funny because actually I had some friends ask me recently, they, they saw the trailer for Barge People and they said, look, Kate, okay, we love you, but we're not going to come and watch your film because we hate horror. Um, isn't it terrifying when you're filming it? I was like, filming it? Not remotely terrifying. It's absolutely hilarious. Watching people you know with all these prosthetics on, um, having to sort of swim through the canal at like two in the morning, absolutely freezing cold. Or we all get out and we're dancing along to stuff. Because, you know, when you're on set, you try to motivate each other. You try to uh, keep the spirit high because, you know, you've got to. You're doing long night shoots on a low-budget film. You know, you kind of have to keep that going. Um but, you know, having said that, we don't know what's then going to be done with the film in post-production. So, um, for example, I watched the screener of House of Violent Desire yesterday with my friend because she was staying over. And there's some parts of that film that are really, really jumpy. Just the music and the sudden jump scare or, or just a buildup of tension um, that you just don't get a sense of when you're shooting. You know, you're just doing it scene by scene and off you go. But it's the final edit where the real horror, horror comes in. You know, you can make something scary just by using silence, for example, for a while and waiting for that right moment to hit someone with a jump scare or or something. So trust me, I mean, I really hope when I go to the screening of Barbie, I hope that there's some really scary moments and I'm looking forward to, uh, to being scared myself. <laughs> so have you always been a horror fan? Yeah, I would say in all honesty, I have. I, um, I, I grew up watching horrors when I was far too young to be watching them. Um, I used to watch them with my hands over my eyes, but still peeking through. Um, I liked the feeling of being scared and actually it's, there's even a kind of cozy feeling to it because I remember watching them with my grandparents. I remember watching them with my parents and there's that feeling of, all right, you're scared, but you know, you're safe. You know, there's a comfort there that you get. And I think even now, like, you know, as a grown adult, you watch horrors, you like to snuggle up to your loved ones or hang out with your friends. You know, that Charlie will say that barge people in particular is definitely like a watch with your mates with a bag of popcorn type of horror film. You know, it's, it brings people together and, much like being on a roller coaster, you know, it's a thrill ride that you experience at the same time, but there's always that laughter that comes straight after being scared and, and, and it's enjoyable. And I just think I've always been into it really. And I mean, I, I do say horror, yes, but I would say I'm actually more drawn to thriller than horror. And I know there's a kind of a fine line, but for example, um, one of my favorite thrillers would be something like Misery um, or Cujo, uh, stuff like that. So where you look at it and you think that could actually happen. Like that's totally believable that that person could do that. And that frightens me. And like, that's what I enjoy. So those, it's actually more thr thriller out of choice that I prefer out of the two. But yeah. You know, horror. I mean, I'm very excited about new uh, Halloween movie coming out as well. I'm so excited about that. I've already decided that that is how I'm going to spend my Halloween evening. I'm going to the cinema to watch that and see what Michael Myers chucks at us. So yeah, big passion. <laughs> yeah. Will you, will you dress up as well? Will cosplay? I wouldn't mind. Do you know, I actually have a Michael Myers outfit. Um, <laughs> and last year I was so excited about like just the Halloween period in general. Um, I, I did like a dance video of me as Michael Myers, like shaking my stuff around the room with my boiler suit on. Um, I, yeah, you know, I might find something to wear or even if it's just some fangs, you know, if I just go a bit kind of standard on it. But unfortunately here in the UK, we don't make such a big deal out of Halloween as, as I guess you guys do over there, but I really wish we did. There's a select few of us that still try to keep it going here, you know, cause we do love it. It's, it's a bit fun. It is. Yeah. It's, it's like my favorite holiday. <laughs> yeah, same. I, I literally count down the, the days, you know, I don't care about Christmas. It's yeah. boring, but Halloween <laughs> is a whole new thing. <laughs> but you get to be someone else for Halloween. Well, I mean, I guess you get to be someone else all the time now. It's true. Yeah. To me, I mean, I wake up nearly every day with blinking fake blood all over me or something like that. So yeah, <laughs> I think people are more shocked if they see me without fake blood and gore on, to be honest, they'd be a bit surprised <laughs> if I turn up in a normal dress. Um, but no, it's definitely fun. And yeah. So speaking of the fake blood, I, I want to know, I mean, you've, you've done some pretty gory, pretty gory stuff. 
Has yeah. there been a particular scene or even a movie as a whole that you were like, even filming this was like, oh, like stomach turning? Yes, I have. Um, uh, two spring to mind. Um, one of my first horrors, uh, gosh, even the name of it kind of shows you what it was. It was called Blaze of Gory. And it was just a total gore fest. It was an anthology of tiny horror films and each one was just totally <laughs> depraved. And it was, they were more trying to just show the sicker side of what people want to see in horror. And there were some scenes in that. I was like, oh my God, really? You know, watching people kind of like stand on someone's eyeball and stuff like that, you know, like really grim stuff. Yeah, exactly. Your, your facial expression <laughs> nails it. That's how I felt. And yeah, that's pretty gross, but it's also, again, it's kind of hilarious as well because obviously none of it's real and, uh, and, it, and it's a bit of fun. But I think the most grueling one that I had was in um, uh, Escape from Cannibal Farm, um, which I think is called Cannibal Farm over there, but uh, there was uh, a scene where uh, I had to uh, hide in a barrel of a barrel that was full of fake blood. I had to, yeah, exactly. I had to completely submerge myself in it. And uh, we were we were filming on a real farm. It was freezing. My stupid character wears a stupid tiny crop top, so I wasn't the warmest person on set. And then out came the barrel, and it wasn't warm. It was yeah, it was a mixture of water, fake blood materials, which is like, I don't know, corn syrup, sugar, coffee, chili pepper. I don't know anything you can chuck in that's grim. And, uh, I had to sort of lump myself in that. And I feel like I couldn't fit in that barrel as well. So once I was in those, I sort of squashed in with a lid over me and this sort of, there's a moment as an actor where you're on set and you're really questioning your own sanity for putting <laughs> yourself in that situation. It's like, why am I doing this again moment? Um, <laughs> but you know, it's, uh, it was fun. Oh, actually, another one just popped into my head. Sorry, you've got me on a rant now. Um, I've also had to overcome certain fears uh, through filming as well. Stuff that I would never do in my real life for some bizarre reason I'm happy to do on film. <laughs> um, so I did a short film uh, a couple of years back called The Mine. And I don't know if you've seen a movie called The Descent, but it's very claustrophobic. And it's about these women who get stuck underground. And that's kind of what our film was like. So I had to, I'm scared of heights. I'm scared, a little bit scared of the dark. I'm not afraid to admit. And I'm quite claustrophobic. And I had to do uh, a shoot out uh, a place called Pinner or Piner Chalk Mines here in the UK. And I had to, there's a, like a hole in the a hole in the floor in the middle of the woods. And it was tiny. It was smaller than a dustbin lid. And I had to abseil 120 foot underground through this hole when we got down there, the rest of the crew were down there. They lit the they lit the chalk mines up. But there's the knowledge that if any of that stuff fails, you're just in total darkness. Um, so I had the abseiling and then the uh, the claustrophobia as well because we had to do sort of crawling hands first through these little tunnel systems and everything, all in the name of acting work. And yet, if someone said to me, "Kate, I know what we'll do at the weekend. We'll go uh, climbing and abseiling," I, not a chance on earth. So, yeah, I don't know why we do these things, but for some reason, they keep happening. <laughs> so when you have moments like that, do you ever find yourself going like, I should have stuck to musical theater? Yeah, yeah, nearly every time I'm on a set, especially when it sort of turns three, four, five in the morning, you're freezing cold, you know, the fun period's worn off, everyone just looks a little bit fed up. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's, there's always that moment where I'm like, I, you know, I could have been anything in this life. Why, why am I here now with these people doing these things to me? I don't understand. But yeah, you know, it's, it's the reward comes when you watch it back, which is why I get so excited by the screenings, because that is when you go, ah, that's why I did that. Like that, that's cool. I'm happy with that now. So that's the, that's the payoff really. <laughs> yeah. I think as, I can't imagine with so much of the, um, like special effects being done on screen screens and stuff right now, uh, being an actor and being like, <laughs> <laughs> here I am doing this amazing thing and I look like oh, a fool, God. but then you get to see the screening and you're like, oh, yeah. it actually looks pretty cool. <laughs> I threw a ball in the air, not just like threw my hands up and pretended to catch a ball. <laughs> It is the opposite of cool. I can't stand doing green screen stuff. You just feel like such an idiot. Like we did it so much in Horizon in season two. So we're just gawping at the sky and there's nothing there. Be able to make it look like you can see this giant spaceship. And really just like, are we all looking in the same direction, guys? Because my eyes are always wandering in the wrong way. They're like, Kate, over here, over here. But anyway, you just, yeah, it's it, it, green screen is not, is not cool. It's not. <laughs> 
completely at the mercy of the editors then as well because you know you, like you say you're doing something really cool and then you watch it back and it just looks horrendous you're like okay it's it's me that looks you know it's me that looks like a fool at the end of the day and I gave my power to you to do this but never mind yeah yeah <laughs> I'm thinking of all the like superhero movies and stuff but of course oh, we yeah. we see them when we're like oh Chris Evans Ooh, yeah. you know you know but then you're like see the behind the scenes and why wow, you look kind of stupid <laughs> yeah, I mean I've, I've it's seen amazing the you know? of them sort of jumping up in the air like they've just sort of landed from flying and stuff like that and they just yeah they just look so daft <laughs> love it <laughs> so I have to ask you about your have you ever a Tomb Raider t-shirt on I am wearing my tweet about Laura Croft a lot. Uh, So I wanted to ask, because I tried to do a little digging, are you a fan and hoping to be involved in that? Or is there there a tie there? No, just a massive fan. Um, I was interested in video games like my my whole life since I had my Atari when I was about three. Um, And I was obsessed with Laura Croft when I was at school, about 10 years old. Um, I just always found her... I found her, um, well, I suppose that there weren't many female characters in video games. So I found that she was someone that I could, I could idolize. And I found her very kind of driven and, and just sort of proactive and self-sufficient. That's what I was trying to say. Um, so she was a really good role model for me growing up. And I guess at some point I probably thought that I would grow out of it. But actually elements of Lara and the things I love about her have come to me throughout my life. And so, um, more specifically, uh, I'm, I'm madly into fitness training. Like that's my other job as well. I'm a fitness instructor and there are days when I do not want to go out and train and stuff like that. And sometimes just picturing Lara Croft or thinking about the music makes me want to get out there and do it. And I, it just has a very positive effect on how I want to improve myself. Um, I remember there was t-shirts years ago that said, what would Lara Croft do? And that's always stuck in my head. I was like, Lara Croft would get out and do this run this morning. So you're going to get out there and you're going to run. Um, so there's that element. And then also down to back in 2009, uh, at the time I'd gone through a breakup. I felt a little bit lost, a little bit lonely. I wasn't quite sure what was happening in, in my life and everything. And, uh, I decided to go traveling on my own. Um, I went to Southeast Asia and I genuinely don't think that I would have been so brave to do that had it not been some kind of influence from Lara Croft, which I know people can listen to and go, you're an absolute geek for saying that. But it had that, it just made me feel like a woman can do this stuff on her own. And, and also there was the magic of the places that I went to being recognizable because of the Tomb Raider franchise. You know, I went to Cambodia, I recognized, uh, the Angkor Wat temple, um, in Siem Reap where they, where they actually filmed some of the movie. And so these influences have always come through. And now as an actor, okay, you know, I, I know that I would never get to play the part of Lara, but I don't see why I can't, you know, think about what it is about her that I love, her traits. And go, well, you know what, I can bring that into my character. And in fact, I really hope that when people watch season two of Horizon, they will see a lot of Lara Croft uh, influence into what I did with Nicole in season two, even down to some of my costume choices. I mean, if you're going to give an actress a free reign on what her character's allowed to wear, don't expect a Lara Croft cosplayer to not whack a bit of Lara Croft costume in. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's hot pants and uh, and, uh, and gun holsters, but if you look at the uh, the recent adaptations of Lara Croft, I, I put as much of that into Nicole as I could because I was like, this is my opportunity to bring a little bit of Lara into my life. So that's pretty much what I did. Oh, I love that. So I'll be honest, I was looking at um, like screenshots from the newest game and I was like did she voice her because I mean she looks like her like it oh. just like I feel like you just I, I saw I was I was very curious about uh, about that and, and that's really cool I mean I think people especially when we're kind of a geekier you know podcast and, and feel that connection you know as well um, she's she is a cast female that's for sure yeah 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 so I'm excited to see how Nicole, I mean, you, you do get your sleeves cut off, right? Like a pop, apocalypse chic. <laughs> yeah, you have, you have apocalypse chic from, from season one. As you say, like, you know, this, the suit has to go, the gun comes out, but Nicole in season one is very, she's still not ready. You know, the pastor gun, she doesn't know what she's doing with it. She's just, all she's thinking is I shouldn't be in this situation. This is not for me. Oh, well, I'll roll with it. Season two, although it's only set a couple of days later, 
she's already there. Like she's, she, and she wants to be, she wants to be the protector and she's become like the big sister of the gang and she wants to keep them safe. And I would say, yeah, you'll, you'll definitely, I hope see that development of, yeah, into a more Lara Crofty type version of Nicole. So, yeah. Nicole. All right. So, I don't know how you have time to do this or even breathe because you have, I had to like write everything down because <laughs> you have so much stuff listed in, in, in post-production. Um, Chronicles of Alundra, which I'm excited about because I'm a huge fantasy uh, fan. Winter Skin, The House of Violent Desire, Off Grid, I Am the Prize, and Dead Air. That is a lot. How do you make the time? What are you most excited about? I suppose in terms of time, it comes to like, it comes to my priority at that point in my life. So I will kind of, at the start of the year, I always get a diary. That's one of my favorite things to get for Christmas. And in my diary, I write down my goals for the year. You know, I want to do at least four or five films or I want to do this, 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 and this. Um, because I'm a big believer in like the law of attraction and, and you, you get out what you, what you put in and, and you, and you, you think about what overtakes you, what inspires you. And so I just tell myself, I want to be busy this year. One of my goals was like, I want to be so busy. My head is spinning. I don't even know what work I'm doing at the minute. So I, I prioritize it. It's a big part for me. I think at, at this exact moment, um, I've not got a lot better to do. You know, I, I go out and do my fitness stuff, but they're very forgiving of me taking time out if I have to go and make film. I can work around it. I had to get a second job that did integrate with the acting world. But what will happen is um, you'll be really, really busy for a couple of months in a row. And then it will just go deadly quiet for a month or so. And that's when I kind of take to social media. And that's when I start to talk more about projects that I've been working on because it still creates an element of being busy when essentially you're not that busy. You've got enough time to sit down and play Tomb Raider. So really you've got a little bit more time on your hands than you think. But again, you know, I'm more than happy to, to take a project and travel from one end to the other. Um, you know, there's, there's potentially two clashing shoots that I'm doing next month. One's in Scotland, the other's in Cornwall. They're very far apart. And I'm hoping to still manage both at the same time. I'm going to do my best, but I don't ever want anything to be at the, um, at the sacrifice of the productions that I'm working on. You know, I don't want to do uh, less of a job because I'm busy. So I still have to make sure that I can do that. But I get up early and I get on it every day. You know, I'll do whatever I need to do in order to make sure that I can, I can achieve all the things that I want to do. And yeah, that's it really. And, and with those projects that you mentioned, you know, some of them I actually have already completed. Some of them are completed to the point where they're ready for release, but they're not quite there yet. So it's down to distribution timing, you know, what would be the best time of the year for a certain DVD to come out. So they're already kind of sitting there, you know, they're not taking up my time anymore. But things like Off Grid, um, Dead Air and all that, they all came around the same time. So I was just like, you know, if I can squeeze it in my diary and I can get from A to B, I'm just going to say yes to everything and get involved. And I love it. It just makes me feel fulfilled um, because I'm passionate about it. And if I'm if I'm not actually acting, I'm thinking about it. So, you know, I'll, I'll just jump at opportunities that I can. I would say maybe like right this moment, once my next projects uh, are done by the end of October, I am really looking forward to having the end of the year acting free just to kind of spend a bit more time with family and um, not to have to sort of be driving or flying about whatever. It's nice to just stay still and just ground yourself stay healthy, get fit, and then get all prepared for next year when stuff kicks off again, really. So what is comes out next? We have barge people on the 29th, September 29th. What is the next project that will be released to the public? You know? Um, I know Cannibal Farm will be out on DVD here. I'm pretty sure House of Violent Desire will be coming out everywhere. After that, I think Off Grid might potentially be the next one to come up. Um, and also... Uh, Oh gosh, which one's next after that? Uh, I think maybe Dead Air, which is a, at the minute it's a short film, but it's a it's part of something that could be turned into a feature. So that will come out and be marketed and, and thrown around, and hopefully we can share that on social media. And then if people like it enough, we can then start working on the feature version. Into oh, and Winter Skin, I think is coming out at the start of next year as well. I honestly, I think the answer is I don't know. I just look forward to them coming out, and I, I and and. You know, they'll probably all come out in one big lump and, and I can just go and watch them and, and see what they're like. But I also have um, a project that I filmed only about 
five or six weeks ago. I'm so excited that any day now the trailer's coming. I haven't seen the trailer for that, but I know it's going to look incredible because that was with an Emmy award-winning um, film production company who made a popular TV uh, shows here called Blue Planet and Planet Earth, like a really high-scale company. You know, they work on some incredible stuff. And what I actually shot with them, um, they were using it to showcase a new Canon camera, but they also wanted to make a high-production action uh, trailer because they want to pitch it to Netflix to get it turned into a 12-part TV series commission. So <laughs> if people like it and Netflix like it, that would be an amazing job to take on over the next year or so if that happens. And realis realistically, though, you know, I'm – although – you know, via how we know each other within certain, like, you know, within social media, I guess I'm relatively known, but in terms of the industry, I'm still pretty much unknown because I do so much indie work. What might happen is if this 12 part series does happen, the realism is they might say, well, we don't want that actress. We want to replace her with Kira Knightley, something like that. You just don't know, you know, they, yeah, it, it is what it is, but hopefully Hopefully not. Hopefully they say, you know what, we love the production, especially because of that lady there, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> um, and what is the name? Can you tell us the name of that? It actually didn't have a name oh, okay. at the time because it was just a proof of concept. I'm calling it Hive <laughs> because of the concept. I, I can tell you the concept of it because I know that they've publicly put that out now. So um, it's about a post-apocalyptic world but it's not it's not like a grubby uh it's not a kind of mad max style post-apocalypse it's a believable not too far in the future world and i believe this to be based on fact that if bees die out the human race will die out so it's actually about a shortage of 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 bees and insects and um and flowers and and living uh living um beings and to the point where stuff is harvested and it becomes what everyone seeks because humanity will die out unless you're one of the select few that still has access to this stuff. And so if people are being quarantined. There's uh, military personnel, you know, stopping people at every point. And my character in it works for a company called Hive. That's why I'm naming it Hive in my head because I think that that's what they should call it, but that's up to them. Um, and she is essentially, she is the kind of stormtrooper of the story where she is on the, 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 the bad side, but during the process of separating uh, a young girl from a guy who's looking after her as they go through quarantine, she it pulls at her heartstrings a bit because she's probably not seen a young girl in quite some uh, quite some while, and she discovers that this girl knows something about what could potentially help people. So I splinter off from the stormtrooper type gang and team up with the protagonist and the little girl, and uh, so it's an action dystopian sci-fi thriller i suppose um and it's super super cool and um i really really hope that people want it to get made yeah that sounds super cool that's right up my alley for sure so that cool. sounds uh good luck with that we will definitely Thank look you. out for that and you have a new project i do yes so um this is like this is the first time i've actually been allowed to discuss this one i'm really excited by it uh for many reasons so it's called sacrilege it is a um, it is a thriller horror. It is a cabin in the woods slash the descent slash the ritual type horror. It has paranormal elements too, but what I can mainly say is it's an all female cast and involves um, I think real rituals that go on. It plays on the concept of human fear and turning their phobias and fears against them. And it's going to be shot here in the UK. And uh, we're really, really excited about it. I have one of the lead of five strong cast roles. And I'm delighted that I've actually been brought in as the casting director for this film as well. And I'm using Cheryl Sherde to cast the remaining actors for this film. So I'm in particular looking forward to October the 5th because when I'm watching people show roles, I'm actually scouting for the cast members for this film. So That's amazing. That's exciting. Oh, and I love all-female cast. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good luck. That's exciting. Thank I can't you. wait to hear more about that. that I, that's so cool that you get to use this show will share day that you created 
to cast in a yeah. movie that you're going to be. I just think that's amazing. It was such a an intersection of, of positivity and and joy and and hope that you have put out there. I think that's really great. Thank you. I'm really I'm really honoured to to be in a position to be able to do that. It's nice to give something back to the industry and to yeah, you know to genuinely say to my fellow actors that I want to help get them in a project and I'm excited to meet them you know I'm excited to see the work and and putting a whole dynamic together a, a whole bunch of really cool actresses you know that deserve a shot so I can't wait I'm really excited so that was that's actually going into production in February so as of show real share day October I'm really going to be very busy casting for these for these roles so yay can't wait <laughs> that's awesome well I think we uh, are going to wrap up here we've used up enough of your time but before we go I did want to say congratulations you did get young actress uh, nominee by the International Achievement Recognition Award which I believe is in three days very well noted yeah so yeah so I'll find out I'll find out on Saturday yeah so congratulations on your nomination and good luck I guess we will have heard by the time this comes out um, next Wednesday but very excited for you that's amazing could not happen to a nicer person oh it's so kind of you it just to me it's um it's it's nice to show actors again that indie actors can be noted in any way by the higher-ups and yeah, I'm <laughs> a little bit confused and mind blown by it, but I can't wait and I'm really excited as well. So it should just, if nothing else, it'd be a really fun night and a chance for me to say hello to a lot of very important people. So I can't wait, but thank you. Yeah. Well, congratulations. And thank you again so much for coming on. A- absolute pleasure. Anytime. All right. Well, have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Right, bye. <laughs> thank you. You just listened to the podcast Nerds of the Hub, produced, recorded, and edited by the TV Series Hub team. If you want to read TV and film-related articles, reviews, and more, go to www.tvserieshub.tv. Also, follow us on Twitter and check our Facebook page, both at TV Series Hub. Send us a message. Nerd proudly.